0: Yo, BJ Gador with the BJ Gador podcast, and today is a special day. We have the legend, living legend, he's still alive, okay? It's rare rare to have a living legend on your podcast, Jeremy Scott, a.k.a. J. Scottsdale. Born in Minnesota, living in Scottsdale, Arizona. One of, if not the best fitness podcasts in the game, the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast. I think he might be the most... Shredded jacked, financially literate man on the planet.
1: Is that is that safe to say? I, I don't know if that if I'm all that, but I'll I'll take it if that's like an unofficial title for sure.
0: Dude, I'm your flavor flave Accept it. I appreciate it. Look, man, I, I I'm really excited to get you on the show. The last time I had you on was like I think the in, in the first year I started this podcast, six years ago. And uh, I'm like, you know what? It's been a while since I had him on. You know, you're know, you so busy with your own successful podcast. I've been blessed to be on uh, your show a couple times. Uh, really have enjoyed it. And I just thought it'd be great to get you on and uh, just, you know, talk shop uh, w- with our folks here.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you're actually doing yours again because it's one of the few things I would actually probably listen to that's out there. So happy to have you back in the podcast arena.
0: Oh, I appreciate it. I, I, you know, I'm like... Uh... <laughs> I have been flowing this shit. I'll take like three to six months off and then I'll get like five episodes in a week. You never know. Um, and we're going to talk about so many things today. Uh, you know, quick highlights, uh, you know, Jeremy is undergoing, uh, a lower back rehabilitation right now. I wanted to kind of hear about that, you know, because it, it's, it's really a different process when you make a living with your body. And, and, you know, Jeremy is a professional athlete just in the form of a trainer and coach, you know, everything is on the line with his body he's also approaching 40 we'll talk about how he's grown his incredible podcast from scratch and uh, we'll talk some financial literacy tips and a bunch of other cool stuff but let's get started with what matters most and this is the part where uh the last couple episodes i've been talking to people about the nba playoffs finals nba in general so all the basketball fans uh, love it but those that don't are probably like stop they're not listening to the podcast anymore but <laughs> give, give me your take on the playoffs, the finals. Um, you know, I, I just think it's such an exciting, I love basketball. You were a D one basketball player. You have a smooth, smooth shot, can still dunk at almost 40. What was your take on the whole playoff and final experience this year, 2023?
1: Uh, I mean, playoff wise, like it, um, it's just better, you know, than regular season. I always say, I'm like, and it, cause again, there's so many games The guys can't not they don't try but you can't you can't die for 82 games. And so, like, you can just tell, like, when you watch a normal game, the defense is elevated, like, everything. And I was, you know, lucky enough to go to uh, – the when the Clippers were here for round one, I got to sit courtside for the uh, Phoenix Clippers game. And I've sat in a lot of great seats. I've never been, uh, you know, feet on the wood at an NBA game before. I've sat, like, row two, row three, but never in a playoff game. And it's just, like – it is, like, 10X louder than – any normal game I've been to. And so like, that was my obviously like intro to the playoffs, but then just seeing like how many series went way more games than I thought they would go. So I thought it was one of the best that I've watched in the finals, you know, like it would have been cool to see the heat win, obviously. Cause a lot of those dudes wouldn't even, you know, be playing on other teams and, and they're starting obviously for the heat, but dude, like Jokic, bro is just, he's something else, dude. He's a killer.
0: He is man. And, and, you know, Big ups to him. You know, he really the amount of uh, shit he's gotten over the years with his, you know, the way his body looks and stuff. I mean, I was just talking on an earlier episode today about, you know, how Stephen A. calls him a big fat tub of lard. <laughs> I mean, like he's actually like, he again, he he doesn't have like the typical specimen physique you'd expect of an NBA player, uh, but he's he's lean and he's one of the most conditioned dudes in the league. And uh, man, his stats. Uh, he's he's got like these sleeper insane stats because he doesn't have that explosive dynamic game that maybe uh, you know, a LeBron has, but or or a Shaq. I mean actually that's what I was thinking about. Like what would Shaq and him have looked like in an NBA Finals? Obviously he would have just destroyed Jokic when Shaq was on offense, but I think Shaq would have really struggled guarding Jokic.
1: Well yeah, I mean, he's got a game where it's like you you won't appreciate it, and, and most people probably, like, casual fans don't think ever will, but it's like, when you we talk about, like, the best guys ever, we'll talk about, like, oh, you know, we'll name, you know, it's Kobe, it's Mike, it's LeBron, like, I get all that, but, like, we never talk about Tim Duncan, ever, because it was so boring to watch, he would just show up and it's like, all of a sudden, you look at the game, it's like, Duncan has 24, 12, 6, and 5, and he would do that routinely, and Jokic is similar, where it's like, it's not flashy, it's not fancy, it's like, he barely jumps or leaves the earth. And it's like, I think I read a quote the other day where he's like, you know, I'm not really an athlete. I just I just play basketball. And he is not a great, you know, athlete in the sense of like if it's running fast and jumping high. But he is a great basketball player. And it's just it's hard to, to wrap your mind around it because it's like the dude gets picked last for the, the All-Star game. Because it's like in an All-Star game setting, he sucks because it's just basically a highlight reel. But if you take apart like what he does, it's like it's amazing to watch.
0: Tim Duncan is a great comparison. And so is Kareem. Like these are guys that really didn't depend. Obviously they have the the seven foot height. Okay. I mean, that's, that's kind of a given, but they, they weren't dependent dependent upon insane physical prowess or athletic ability. It's just like, they are skilled motherfuckers. And, the, uh, and they're also very conditioned. They're lean. They don't carry any extra mass and they've got a, like, he's got a real shot of playing 15 to 20 years if he wants to, but though, I, he he seems like one of those dudes that I don't. I think once he makes his money uh, and, and wins enough chips, I think I think he's gonna. He just seems disinterested in the whole, you know, the the, the extra shenanigans uh, outside of the court. You know.
1: Yeah, he just seems like it's for him. It's like a job. Like he shows up. I, I go to work. I check in. Where there's dudes who, let's say like Kevin Durant. Like I believe Kevin Durant like loves to just play basketball, and I think he would play for half the money, and he probably will play you know, well until he's, you know, basically dead. Like he'll always be playing and shooting kind of like Reggie Miller does now. But I think it, when Jokic is done, I don't know if he like grabs a basketball and continues to play like at all.
0: It's fascinating. And, you know, I people are talking about this being the next Warriors or maybe the next, you know, maybe Spurs 2.0. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how other teams reconstruct their roster to manage You know, the the ones who punch with these incredible role players that Denver is. But let's move on because, you know, if if you don't like basketball, it's like, why am I fucking listening? But anyway, um, you recently hurt your lower back. and You know what's funny, man? Like, one thing about you that's always struck me is, like, nothing really has seemed to phase you um, over the years. But we we, uh, got together recently when you visited Palm Springs for a speech or maybe the last time was on your podcast. I forget which one, but you were like visibly, uh, in my opinion, kind of not shook might be the wrong word, but like this, this lower back injury really uh, I think affected you. And uh, you know, it, if, if affected is the wrong word, or at least like it's really changed. I think your perspective on maybe your, your current indoor long-term approach to training, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Obviously injuries are, a part of this fitness journey and they can be super depressing, super demotivating. Um, and it's all about how you respond to them because oftentimes turning that weakness or injury, you know, into, into that strength, you know, that's, I built my career on that in some cases, you know, overcoming knee injuries, overcoming being overweight, you know, again, like these are, these are stories we can tell to inspire others, but you know, uh, it just struck me. Like, I was like, Oh wow, this really, cause I remember when I, I hurt my back like a year ago, the same date. And uh, you know, I, I was kind of the same way you were with, with regards to how it kind of impacted you.
1: Yeah. It's um well like any injury, it sucks. And it's like the phrase, you know, like you're invincible, like until you're not. And, you know, knock on wood I've basically been like damn near Bruce Willis from unbreakable most of my life. Um, but it's like, I probably haven't had something like this in about 20 years. And like the first time around it's cause I'm in college and I'm drinking and doing drugs and shit. And then my body starts to not, you know, respond because like you can only, you can only, you know, go all gas, no brakes for so long. And so like, to me, like that's, if I want to tell you like origin story, like that's how I start eating better and not drinking alcohol and doing the things I'm doing because I went so hard the other way at a younger age. And that's why I get into fitness and why I care about nutrition and all the things. And that's kind of how I have to look at this too, where, you know, I wouldn't say I, again, I've been making business decisions in terms of training, like you and and a lot of people who obviously are in fitness for like a long period of time, but I would still, you know, we've talked about this before, like I probably trained sore as fuck for like every day for like probably 10 years. And I would do stuff to where not that, you know, because it's hard, right? Like you, you don't know where to draw the line because what got us here is what got us here. And it's like, when do you take your foot off the gas? And like, if I have any, like talent or like any special ability. It's to be like uncomfortable and miserable as fuck and just do stuff anyway, um, it, which works to your benefit in a lot of ways, but then also like it works against you. So um, yeah, this is probably the first thing physically that made me realize like, yeah, dude, you're not 17 anymore. Where not that I didn't like understand that, but I there's again, I'm all, I'm going to be 40 and you know, damn near a couple weeks. And the the clip at which I'm like loading and just doing things aerobically is still, in my opinion, like super, super high. I think higher than, you know, a normal human would do. And, uh, now it's like, I, I kind of look at it a little bit different because for anybody listening, like just specifics, like at, uh, compressions at L3, uh, L4, L4, L5, L5, L5 S1 bulges, bulges, and then unroofing um, in the front. And, you know, there's probably 80 million factors of it, uh, and, yeah, it was the first time I ever, like, had an MRI or, or done anything. I mean, the fact that I made it this far unscathed is uh, is probably a miracle. So, it's like if I had experienced it, like, at 26 or 32 and then now, it'd probably be different. But this is, like, where, oh, yeah, dude, you're not going to be perfect, like, forever with every single body part and things will pop up. So, yeah, it was uh, a big fucking pain in the ass, to be honest with you. But now it's, like, since then, it's, like, 13 weeks. I've done mobility for a minimum, and this is like I'll be sitting the sheer minimum, an hour a day, every day for 13 days. And there's things I can do now at week 13 that there was zero fucking chance I could do um, like on day one. So I'm already way better, and I just have this different body awareness uh, than I've ever had before. So albeit it sucks shit, um, I have to look at it like it's probably like the best gift because I'm going to have this different set of skills now. Um, and we're creating new programs. I got a program. It's like, this is a rebuilt program. We're going to put out in 2024, um, that I'm already putting the pieces together just because I've been so hyper focused on this. So try to make it positive, but yeah, it was, uh, definitely sucked ass.
0: I was just going to ask when is the lower back reconditioning products coming out? Cause that's, you're that type of cat, you know, you're, you're the type of guy that will turn a negative to a positive, a setback into gains and, uh, the mobility gains, are the best gains man i think that's uh something that happens and, and you did this injury happened you were sitting down like i you know you're you're a physical specimen and you or hurt your back sitting down like it, it happens at some point It's wild. Uh, bro you know it's wild. the 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 body tax man comes to collecting
1: yeah i mean it's and that's where and now it's like when you start to really talk to other people and and you see other people um yeah, I don't want to say, like, you can relate uh, better, um, but you can. And you, you see, like, you start to look at, you know, obviously something happens in your life. And then you, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But if when I look backwards and say, okay, what could be the things that, you know, cause this? And it's like, sometimes, you know, how I look at this, and that's I'm not a huge fan of MRIs for, like, a million reasons. One, because that machine is, like, a fucking death chamber. Um, but honestly, you know, people will get an image of something, whether it's their ankle, their knee, their hip, their back, and they'll see it. And it will freak them out, like immediately for me it did at first, especially when you when you know enough and you start to read the terminology and you understand what it means. But that's not who you are. It's just a snapshot of one part of you at that period of time. And the example is like if you looked at your a picture of your face when you're 20 versus a picture of your face when you're 40, you'd be like, what the fuck happened to me? And it's like, well, you're 20 years older, dude. And so when you look at things like that, if someone was to look at like your knee and my knee and other people, it's like, well... You're gonna see a picture of like stuff that's worn down, but it's also a picture of a savage who has like fucking trained and put in some reps over time. So um, it's eye-opening for sure. And like you know, you just you take with it what you can. But I do think I'll be way better off because of it. I mean, I already am. And it's like the longevity piece. and Understanding for me, honestly, the biggest eye-opener is probably like I can get so much more done um, without killing myself. Like I. Th- I already knew I didn't have to, but again, it's hard to, when you're an athlete, it's hard for you to divorce your mind from like, you don't have to beat the shit out of yourself every single day. And I've had some of the best workouts since because I'm like, I don't have to die every single day in the gym, which is uh, eye opening for sure.
0: So you're approaching 40, and before I kind of get into that process, having done it myself not more than a year ago or a little less than a year ago, wh- when is your birthday? So people listening can mark their calendars. And wish this man a blessed a blessed fortieth.
1: It's the only day I don't go into work. So I don't want people to talk about me. Um, August uh, August fourteenth, same as Magic Johnson. There it is. There it is. Now, I've talked at length about
0: you know the process of approaching forty, turning forty. I, I know right around thirty eight, I I kind of started getting depressed about it. Um, you know, again, we were, uh, that also happened to have came during this global pandemic and a bunch of other crazy things happening that certainly didn't help the mood and stuff like that but you know at some point i'm like okay you know what stop making this a negative stop focusing on what i'm losing and start focusing on what i've built up until this point and you know and, and and where i can take this moving forward how are you feeling approaching 40 what's your mindset uh, and, and, you know, and what's your honest assessment in terms of what has actually changed for you in your day-to-day, not just your workouts, but your business and just your your day-to-day life?
1: Uh, you know, like, I'm not a, like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I could really give a shit. Like, I'll joke. I, I, you know, I think we've talked about this before, just you and I many times. We used to be like, well, you know, who the fuck wants to see you, you know, exercise and, and talk about this stuff when you're older? And we just had it backwards because I think it's more impressive the older somebody gets uh, the, the separation and not that it's a comparison thing, but the separation becomes pretty fucking eye opening you know, like no offense to anybody, but when you're 23 and you like, you play sports and stuff, you should be fit. That's just kind of like par for the course. You haven't had enough time to kind of fuck your life up or, you know, put the bad miles on, but by the time you're 40 and you start to look around, you're in rare air. Like you are really like a, a fucking unicorn. If you're 40 years old and you are in any kind of shape at all, and you have any kind of strength and you can even like touch your toes, you're like in the top, probably like 10% of all humans alive. So I have a good context of it. Uh, And I'm, again, it's like, I don't feel if it's like business wise or life wise, like, you know, people will use these phrases like, you know, I feel like I should have been further along. Like, I don't feel that. Like I feel like I've lived like three different lives and I've done a lot of cool shit. I met a lot of awesome people. Like there's nothing else I would do you know, probably different. The one thing I'll say, like, and I knew this, and again, I I did a lot of things like, I'm not that smart of a person, but at a younger age, I knew there's just some certainties in life. And there's certain things I knew I didn't want to do as I got older, or I guess I should phrase it this way. I didn't want to have to do certain things. And I knew as I'm doing this, you know, let's say it was when I'm 28, I might work a 10 hour day, And then come home, sleep, work out, and then film, you know, a a project for like three hours that we're going to do for the next year. I don't have the energy to do that shit anymore. Um, I just, I don't, not, it's not a mental thing. It's just physically like, I just don't have the same energy I had at 27. And the same things, my value system obviously has changed too, but I know that. So it's like, I put in the hard reps for certain things early on. So I wasn't going to be behind the eight ball to try to have to do them as I got older. So the one thing that sucks is like your body does not um, recover as quickly. You know, it's like when you're 17, you can play four basketball games, eat fucking Burger King, and it doesn't matter. Now, if I did that, I'd shit my pants and, you know, be in bed for a week. So that's probably the biggest thing is just not, you got to do more. I don't want to say maintenance, but you have to really just pick your spots um, with what you're doing. And the cool thing is, is that if you're already in the reps, you don't have to, to to die every single day. But yeah, the the recovery and just understanding where I'm at and what I want to do is is probably the biggest eye opener.
0: You know, if I could put it, if I could paraphrase to it, you know, you, you move, you kind of shift from that uh, 30 year decade to 40 year decade to, you know, it isn't how much you lift. It's how well you move, you know, and especially if your job is to teach people how to do that effectively, like you're entering what should be and will be your prime earning years. And the priority really is no longer your personal fitness goals. It's, you know, In fact, it might be like in your 50s when I I think you'll be able to retire if you want by the time you're 50 or earlier. Maybe that's when you can finally get back to like prioritizing your own fitness. But I think we're kind of both in the same boat where like this next decade is really about it's really a dedication to the craft. And it's a dedication to the people that have supported us all these years, gotten us to where we are and uh, have honored us with, with the platforms we have.
1: Yeah, and I think for, like, you know, anybody who's in fitness and you've, you've trained and you've been doing it for a long time, our perception of, like, what strength is is so skewed. Like, I get a, a good reality check because I get to work with people in person still. And, uh, you know, I know what I, what I could do, like, if it's peak one rep max strength, like, in my prime, prime strength years, and I know what I can do now. And then I look at what, a, like, a I would consider, like, a, a really strong average fit person is. And I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, like, we're in a different fucking planet than normal people. You know, we just would think, like, we have to lift this much weight all the time and do these things. And it's like, what do I really have to deadlift, like, 500 pounds for? Like, is that is that important for my life? And then you start to do, like, risk-reward. So I think we've just been so immersed in this for so long, um, taking a step back and being like, you know what? I can still be super fit, strong, functional, and do all these things without – constantly you know uh abusing abusing my body
0: you know what a lot of people that may not know you or just you know they're they're coming upon you on instagram and seeing you know you're wearing the those beautiful black joggers from sleeves sold separately.com always be selling and the shredded physique shoulders uh it, wider than the, the camera frame can fit can fit and they're like oh this guy's just genetically blessed and that's why he's successful but you are really that t- like I hear all the time, grinders, hustlers, like, no, that, that, that's really, that's this that's what this is all about. Like that Jeremy Scott fitness is built upon an endless amount of consistent, hard, disciplined work. And yeah, it's real. The energy, it like, you know, it's so funny. I was talking to my wife the other day and I never thought I'd say, like I had heard when I was younger, a kid, like, you know, adults would say where did where does he get the energy where do they get the energy and like i'm there you know like uh i don't i don't use i don't do any extra movement i guess more than i have to like I'm, I'm i'm always pacing because we got a lot of shit to do you know we gotta we gotta do our own workouts we gotta constantly make new workouts we gotta film we gotta post on all these outlets we gotta do podcasts we gotta do newsletters uh, give people an idea of what the daily weekly work schedule for you looks like, and, and you know, I know it starts at 4:30, and I know it typically ends past 6 p.m. And you work every day of the fucking week. Give people some perspective here. I guess not only on what's possible at 40, because again, you look the way you look, and you've got arguably an even better business than your body, you know. And you know, it, it, it's it's tough, and, and it's, I'm sure I'm sure it's not as easy as it was to do what you're doing at 30 um, or even or 20, but take, take us through like like maybe this past week or like what's going on
1: this week for you. Yeah. I mean, I would tell anybody like, it's not, it's probably not what you want to do and it's probably not for you. Like obviously like our business, like we run, we still have a brick and mortar facility. So we got, you know, hundreds of members who are in there. I have a staff of people um, that I'm in charge with. Obviously we have our app that runs on that point of it. And then we do some coaching digitally on top of that. And then obviously our podcast at this point is like a fucking job. I mean, I don't want to say like that, like I love to do it. But when you have guests on that, like aren't BJ or somebody like, and it's like, hey, I'm a doctor from wherever, like I have to study and not, you know, sound like a complete idiot on there. So it does take time. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's every single day. Um, and it's been that way for uh, a long time, just because of the community aspect of it. If we didn't own the gym, it would alleviate a lot of time. But that's a, that's a full time job in itself. We own the building that it's in. So the real estate is kind of part of our portfolio. But yeah, like on a Monday, I I get up before four. Our first group starts at 5.15. I do all of the stuff on Monday. It's the one day I really uh, grind with the most people in person. And I typically get out of there at, like about six o'clock. So most of it's group training stuff that we do. Um, I have a handful of like PT clients that I've had for years and just people I like. And um they're super cool or they or do they just really need our help and you know for some reason just kind of fits my schedule but yeah we're filming you know content 24/7 we have an email newsletter list that goes out three times a week every week for 13 years so we write those um and again we have a great team of people that helps me do a lot of this stuff like we have a CPA we have an advisor we have an infusion soft guy but at the end of the day like I'm in charge of all those people and so it, it really does take um like every ounce of my energy to do it. And when it becomes not fun anymore, um, when it it really feels like work is when I probably won't do it. So like, if I'm being honest, like, could I retire today? Pretty much like we could just rent out real estate and I could be a landlord and just fucking hang out if I wanted to, but I'm still having fun uh, doing a lot of it. But yeah, it's definitely uh, there's days where I'll even question like, dude, what the fuck are you still doing this for? But then, you know, the next day I'll have a good day. So it ebbs and flows, but yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's my life. It's, I've given everything to these guys and, and everything to our stuff. And again, it's, I, I made the money and so I can't uh, complain about it, but it definitely is uh there really is no days off if I want to do all the things that I'm currently doing, something will, will have to give for me to give more free time.
0: And you know, one thing I know you wear this shirt, uh, everything is temporary and that, that's a, you know, I I I'm thinking about doing a podcast soon about like, You know, it's been 20 years now. I've been in business, maybe 10 lessons, 20 years in business. But, you know, one of them is it's kind of a a tie between like everything is temporary and don't be a prisoner in the moment. Right. You know, you got to You got to stay the course. You got to have a big picture mentality with all this stuff. And, you know, obviously that's carried you through um, your whole career. And again, you're you're one of the few, you know, we are both one of the few fitness people still in the game after the pandemic, it decimated the fitness industry, but you're also like on an even more special elite level in the sense that you're one of the few gyms that survived the pandemic. And again, it all, it's all because of the foundation you built that consistency uh, and also the expectations of the people you work with that you're just going to keep showing up. Now you've got this next level of discipline and all the things you do, but I think one thing that really separates you is specifically your dietary discipline, you know, I I don't know what exactly you're doing now, but I know you've been on that, you know, you've been on the fasting grind a a long time, you know, typically one big meal a day, you know, if you eat something else, one big meal of the day, end of day, and then maybe you have like a small snack, shake, or berries midday if you're absolutely dying, but talk to me a little bit about that, because, you know, one thing we've talked about in the past is, you know, you can't necessarily be the strongest guy in the room, but if you have the mental fortitude, you can be the leanest guy in the room. And by the way, gal person, you know, we're just talking we're talking generalisms here, but you know, let's discuss that piece because again, that that's where I feel like, wow, like this guy can do all this work. He can still do his training and he can do it on <laughs> zero calories.
1: Yeah, it's um I we we do joke about that a lot. Like it's and again, it, genetically, I was never gonna be, you know, Brock Lesnar, so um, I was never going to be the biggest dude in the room and especially like in the basketball world, you know, typically these people are monsters and, and, most, you know, athletes are, but I'm like, yeah, you can be, you can be the most shredded. Um, if you, if you want to be, and if your genetics, if you're an ectomorph, you know, like me naturally, um, it's possible. Yeah. You know, I think eating is the hardest thing for, for most people. And, uh, again, the superpower I have is I can be uncomfortable as fuck. And be miserable for long periods of time, which like goes hand in hand with, uh, with fasting. It's like anything, right? Like I think if you want to be more mobile, if you want to be stronger, if you want to uh, be a better singer or play piano, you just have to practice. And and it's not for everybody. I do think has saved my life in a lot of ways, um, but it it is a discipline for sure. And I, I'm a process guy, so like the end result is cool, you're shredded, whatever. But it's the discipline of doing it each day, and it's like it's this challenge. You know essentially to yourself and for most people in fitness like that's where the separation comes and I, I'm just talking on a profession for us like when we came up in fitness a lot of the magazine shit a lot of the visual stuff and it still is today like with the men's health with the bodybuilding.com and these things they're not paying us you know cuz we're nice guys they're paying us for what we fucking look like you know and there is an uh you know obviously you speak and you, and you write the content but if you don't look the part, like a lot of the things in my career wouldn't have happened for me. So there was this like external uh, motivator there for sure. And so, yeah, if, if that's the route you go and you want to be like super lean, I've done podcasts on this before too, Like they're going to be uncomfortable at times and you're going to be hungry at times. And that's just what it is. That's why I say it's not for everyone. So when someone comes into my office or or reaches out on Instagram and say, Hey, you know, I want to look like you and like, Oh, I'm 40 years old. I've been doing this for, you know, multiple decades, I'm like, it's not something you just kind of naturally walk into because controlling, you know, your urges and the calorie restrictions and having a lifestyle that kind of fits your eating style is very hard for most people. And I, every speech I do to every group I go to, I say, I I don't have the same stress you guys do. I go, I go into a building with my name on it. I work for myself. I do what I want. I say where I want. I wear what I want. You know, I got money. My wife is smoking hot. I can eat when the fuck I want to eat. Like my life is amazing. You know, most people don't have that luxury. So it's much, much harder to maintain a level of like elite fitness or elite leanness if your day job is just like, you know, working at the bank or something.
0: You know, what's crazy too. Like I, I eat in a very similar way to do uh, that you do, but uh, you just, you beat me on the weekends, bro. Like I love to eat, I think more than you do. And you, you've, we, we've uh, broken bread together many times. And I, I'm always kind of like uh, shocked by the shock you see when you see how much food I eat.
1: It's, it's, it's insane, bro. Like, I remember, like, I'm trying to think of, like, what's one of the worst ones. You know, here's an example. Like, if we filmed um, Meta Shred Extreme, and we went, uh, like, obviously, you, you eat all week, but your body's de- depleted as shit. And we all went to, like, Five Guys. And you spent, like, 30 bucks at Five Guys, which is not that hard to do. I get it. like, But it's, like, multiple burgers, giant fries, bag is full. And then you're, like, now we're going to go to, like, this like fucking Mexican restaurant in a couple hours. I'm like, dude, I don't, I wouldn't eat for like another day. And then you go to that, you go to that dinner. I can barely like, I drink a diet Coke and eat some polenta fries. And you're like crushing the whole meal. I'm like, how the fuck is this even possible? And I'm like, oh yeah, it used to be 300 pounds. Now I get it.
0: Yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm a fat fuck still to this day. And you know, one thing you talked about is uh, a key component of discipline, no matter how disciplined you are, is kind of baking in some accountability measures, indoor progress tracking. Like, what does that look like for you? Again, I, you know we both have accountability built in with, with shirtless content, uh, wanting to look a certain way, but like, you know, are you measuring your body fat? Do you have a smart scale? Uh, like what what accountability measures do you put for yourself with your body? And I guess also your business. I, I know you're you are like, you are a big numbers guy in terms of, you know, always trying to push up the bottom line and, uh, but I'm just wondering like, what, what, what have you kind of built? Uh, cause I know you've, you've like, like, like myself, you've built an ecosystem to support your ultimate goals of being, you know, getting paid to lift and, and look, uh, fucking amazing, but also help a lot of people in the process.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll try to do like the two parts, like one, like I don't track a lot of body stuff anymore, just cause like for me, it's healthier. Like if I don't, like if I go back to I'm like 30 You have like this body dysmorphia where I think I look like shit Yet I'm on the covers of magazines and like on these huge billboards, but I don't think I'm fit, but I'm, I'm not muscular enough, but I'm not lean enough. And so it's like, as I got older, like I just let that shit go. And then you wake up one point and just be like, well, here's reality. Like you are fit. You are healthy. Do now, like, I do think I eat foods so I'd feel a certain way. I just don't like to feel like shit. Not that I don't like to overeat, but I just don't like to feel like trash because A, I don't come back as fast as I used to. And so like, I and I can't waste half of the next day or if I got to get up super early, I don't have time to fuck around. So I try to do things that like agree with my body and I usually will just pick, you know, a day of the week and have like one uh, big ass meal that's maybe not ideal for me. But even that, like I have a system where like, okay, I basically fast the whole day. I make sure I get this many steps in. And so there are, certain metrics, um, that i look at that are important to me, but I just kind of go by, you know, how I feel and how I look. And that's, it's pretty, it's, you know, it hasn't moved a lot, which is nice for me. And I don't want to say like, it doesn't feel like I'm not trying because I'm very conscious of, of what I eat and when I eat and how I eat it, but it's very, it's just so systematic. It just kind of comes as it comes uh, for me. But again, I've been doing it for, for a long period of time. And if there's a day where you know, I'm really dragging ass, and I eat something, then I know, okay, I've been running out of deficit for a little bit too long. So it's very um, intuitive at this point. Which you know, years ago um, it wasn't. That's why the fasting saved me because it's like I just wouldn't eat in these windows no matter what. So I really couldn't fuck things up. For me, the less decisions I have to make in a day, the better, because um, then it's less things that I can, I can mess up. And the same thing when I look at like numbers for um, our business. You know, at the end of the day, like I just I want to have fun doing the things that I do, but I also understand like we live in an economical world. So I'm like, if I can create enough revenue through, you know, whatever stream it is, whether it is the physical gym or the group training or the PT training or the apps and like, or the podcast or other sponsors, that's kind of what I look at. And I'm like, you know, back in the day, I, I knew this and I'll share this really quick early on. Like we used to lease a gym space down the street from where I used to be. This is before the internet is, is popping and all the things. And, From a young age, I just I looked at my wife and I'm like, at some point, the base rent here is going to be too high or the landlord is just going to squeeze me out. And so I need to save whether it's all my Reebok money or whatever it was at the time. So one day I can own a space that I can be in so we can own the real estate. And then I don't have to be essentially, for lack of a better term, slave to the landlord. So I was always looking at things in like five or 10 year increments, whether they ever came true or not. I just was forecasting to say, okay, if I'm going to do this for my life, if I want to be able to be shredded and jacked, you know, for my whole life, I have to have an ecosystem that financially supports that. So I can kind of ebb and flow the way that I need to.
0: You know, and and so you're not, you're not measuring body fat per se, or you don't use a smart scale. It's just all about how you look and feel at this point. Um, and you just kind of, I guess you, you, you weigh yourself annually at your physical and that's kind of how it works or, or,
1: yeah. I don't, um, I don't clip anymore. I don't, uh, I'll do like, we have a scale to gym and like once in a while I'll pop on. If we do like, we do these Metcons sometimes where it's, uh, you have to push a sled for time at your body weight, which actually sucks ass and, uh, I'll step on it. So if I'm like, I'm like six pounds or something, I'll actually have to put more weight on. Cause it's like, if you're lighter, it's to your benefit. But yeah, I just, I look, you know, like anybody else, I'm a normal human. Uh, I don't train with a shirt off or anything. I know what, instagram would lead you to believe something different but i wake up in the morning and like obviously like i'll walk by my wife naked and be like you know how lucky you are like just talking shit to her (laughs) and uh that's what i'll do and i'll just see you know where i'm at there's certain body parts you know like i look at my quads or my you know obliques and serratus and these things to see kind of how lean they are but yeah if i feel just confident in my own skin and how i look i'm like at this point it's good enough for me
0: so you feel like 205 210 is kind of your fighting weights where you feel your best yeah look your best
1: I think at this point like if I you know if I was like 195 I would be like skeletor like I mean I could get veins pretty much everywhere I think in the in the 190s especially like if it's 190 pounds and anything heavier at this point just I would you know look you know thicker and or like have you ever seen the show um it's a new reacher show it's on Amazon Prime the uh, I forget the d- actor who plays him, but he's fucking jacked. Like, he looks huge. I'm assuming he's got to be over six feet, but he's enormous. And I'm not saying I would look as big as that dude. But I would just look bigger with clothes on, but just softer. And it, not that any of this matters, but for visual purposes, the conditioning has always sold forever. In fitness, in any industry, people will look at And when your friends, like, lose weight, actually, uh, a lot of them, you'll see them maybe you haven't seen them for six months and they've been working out and they've lost, you know, 20 pounds. You'll see them. It's like, Oh man, you look jacked. And what they mean is you look shredded. Your conditioning has improved because the lower the body fat, you kind of have just all these cuts and creases and shadows in your body. And um, it's easier for me naturally to be lighter than heavier. And, you know, one thing that I think uh, I know, you know, but maybe
0: can be overlooked is your, your unique schedule. You know, I see you man I see what you're doing you know he, you work all week you, you get your training in but then he, you film shirtless stuff on Saturday I know like you give yourself a little window on Saturday evening to kind of refuel up and, and and get some flexibility in but then you also bookend it with your most intense workout of the week the next day to to you know look I know what you're doing you don't want to be you don't want to get sick it's it's a built-in accountability mechanism not only to work off some of those extra calories but uh, to make sure you don't overdo it as much, because you got to
1: wake up and compete with uh, your most fit clientele the next day. Yeah, I literally put again why I tell people I'm like, I've created a fake. It's not it's real to me, but for most people, it's a fake ecosystem that I get to live in that very few people do. So there's all these guardrails in place to a keep me healthier and just kind of keep me on track. And I think I do that for everything in my life because like naturally. Um, I'm an obsessive person. I have an addictive personality. So if I have things to do and it's kind of scheduled, um, I won't, you know, do the dumb shit I would do if I was just kind of bored and I didn't have the same uh, guardrails in place. So
0: I was, I think five years ago, one of the first guests on the Jeremy Scott Fitness podcast. If you're not listening, which I'd be surprised if you're not, be sure to check it out iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen, over five hundred plus episodes at this point, all topics, nutrition, business, branding, financial diet, exercise, all of it. Um, It's just crazy, man. Like I I really just, it's been so fun to watch your growth and your rise and the evolution in it. Uh, Having been one of your earlier guests and and what, like, I know there's, there's no way you thought, or I thought it would become what it is today. Take us through like this incredible growth the evolution like talk about when it tipped for you like what was it and when and what was it specifically that tipped this where you know like your listeners went from maybe you know 500 to a thousand to like ten thousand, or now you know now you're getting uh, hundreds of thousands of listeners um you're on your way to millions Uh, talk about this incredible like did you know this was going to be like this this has become your thing
1: uh yeah no i did not um (laughs) i did not know any of this shit I, uh, we started it like anybody else Oh, uh, I don't know how most people started. This is, you know, going on six years or whatever. Uh, it was just to answer questions, honestly, that we would get um, via email or from clients or from Instagram DMs, honestly. And so we get people asking about creatine or people asking about, you know, what's the best exercise to, you know, build your back or you name it. And instead of, you know, always trying to answer the same question, over and over and over again, and copy and pasting, like a little bit of, you know, written text, I'm like, let's just make a podcast. And so the early ones literally were just into my phone, um, or into an iPad. And, and I even know some of them I've recorded, like, wait, I'm talking like probably the first 20 episodes, some of them were in my car, like just talking into my phone in my garage before I like went in the house. Cause I'm like, oh, I'll just make a 15 minute podcast quick. Cause if something, you know, came to my head, I'm like, well, I can answer it and I, and I can speak on it. And if anything, the biggest shift was probably the pandemic, you know, and I, while I always say this, I hated that, um, season of life for sure. But, uh, I joke with my wife. I'm like, I fucking won, dude. Like I won the pandemic, like of all the things you could do. I didn't work less. I worked more. I went in every single day to work and treated it like it was, you know, like there was clients there, but there was no clients there. And I would go in and the one year alone and did like 54 extra podcasts and not cause I was just trying to pump out content and I thought it would make all this money. Although like it's the benefit, but I knew people were feeling like shit like all over the world in America too. And I'm like, you know, I'm not having fun. And like my life is fucking great. And I'm in Scottsdale and I have this amazing community and my wife and my friends and my family. And if I'm not feeling good and I'm feeling weird, I know other people are really suffering. So if I can just say anything, you know, of any, consequence to them to help them like i'll just keep pumping out episodes and that's where we got a a ton of people who maybe never listened before that have listened to every episode since
0: was there like an episode number where it's like oh shit there was a big jump or was it such a steady
1: gradual rise for you yeah i think it was just like sometime like in 2020 if i was to go back and look and it's weird because the longer it goes certain episodes like will jump around you know and the ones that you know, if it's a fitness podcast, whether it's, you know, based off of search or just because the audience, you know, like do these five things, you know, for fat loss, like those ones always, you know, do well, but now it's to the point where it's like the ones where there's actual humans on, um, that we can talk to, uh, have been the ones that have, have kind of elevated, but yeah, somewhere in, somewhere in the middle of like 2020, it started to shift to where it was more than a handful of people listening.
0: What that's what, like the 200s?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was probably at least, oh, God, yeah, it's probably, yeah, probably around 250 episodes in. And that's for anybody listening. Like, if you're doing something and it's not, you know, crushing, like, but you like doing it, like, just keep doing it, dude, because who knows, like, it might be two years in, three years in, four years in before it really, you know, catches fire or it gets some traction. And then now people can go back and listen to episode 222 and it might get, you know, 30 times the listeners it once did.
0: And keep in mind, listeners: nine out of ten podcasters do not make it past episode twenty. There really, just go. let that kind of to let that
1: marinate, because you know, what are you approaching five fifty or something? Uh, yeah, Sunday we just did uh, episode five forty one.
0: Unbelievable, man! I mean, it really is just and 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 what's the obviously as it's grown, you know, you've you've improved the production quality, the audio, you only really do these now, uh, in person with guests. Um, and it's, it's clearly a difference between, uh, my podcast and yours, because we're doing this remotely via iPhone. Um, but again, like, you know, I think that's, it's important to have perspective in this process. Um, I, you know, my podcast isn't yours. You, you've put a lot more into it. Um, and, and, uh, and you've grown and elevated it as, as so w- what's like the lead time, involved with just like producing a a typical episode right because you gotta you've got to research for guests you gotta find the right guests for your audience some of these episodes are three hours I mean like uh and then obviously some of them you can just do by yourself at home um like you're doing right now with me uh for about an hour or so but like give people an idea like this is if it's not a full-time job it's 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 a full part-time job in addition to everything else you're doing
1: yeah. When it's, it's easier if it's like, obviously if, if you come on or like Colleen Fosh comes on or somebody like that, I've known for a long time, but even that, like I'll have an outline of things I want, because I want it to be good for people and I want the end user to get as much value as possible. But like, like this Friday, we have one with uh, like Dr. Nick Hool come on and uh, it's about like stress, anxiety, um, uh, vagus nerve stem stimulation. He's a, he's a doctor, obviously he created this product like all this different shit i'm like if i don't do the research for a couple hours i'm gonna sound like a complete moron and i want to get the most out of him when i'm there so yeah it's a couple hour process to kind of break things down and make it make sense for the end user and obviously it's not scripted so i will get lost on 18 different things along the way but i try to like to get as much value for the end user so i don't show up there um, and sound like an idiot and then obviously over time like the production quality has gotten better. We've never done a guest like over Zoom. I've done every single one in person. Now, lucky enough, I live in Scottsdale, so it's not a terrible place for people to come. But now it's like I have the, you know, we have the resources where I can I can drive to you or I can fly somewhere. I can bring our equipment. We can set it up uh, and we can do it for sure. But yeah, it's definitely, it, it's changed a ton. And even when I do the ones by myself, which are tougher because it's just you talking the whole time, um, I like to have a, like a format and outline, even if I do get lost uh, a little bit along the way. So it's definitely not just, Hey, show up for one hour a week, record it, throw it out there and it's done. There's uh, a lot more to it than I think like the average person uh, understands And and to make it conversational and make it, you know, as natural as possible. I, I try to think of like, we're just two dudes in a bar, you know, talking shit and you just happen to have a bunch of people listening. And I think that's what makes it relatable for people where it doesn't seem like this giant production.
0: And look, you're you're a gifted podcaster because, you know, you just, you know how to talk and you can talk a long time and you can talk about things, you know, and you can talk with energy and motivation. But even the most gifted podcasters, man, you got to have good bullets, bullet points, man. Like, I, I you know it's crazy, like, because uh, a lot of people listening, they'll, they'll hear what you've accomplished and stuff like that. And again, like 500 plus episodes. Will I make it even past 20? But like, ultimately uh it's just the basic ability to create a skeleton it's it's writing 101 just you know simplified for for speech you don't have to actually write a full essay but you got to have an intro and outro you got to have a good skeleton some good bullets and meat and potatoes in between and um you know if you're really knowledgeable about knowledgeable about stuff a single bullet you can talk about for three to five plus minutes it's
1: like it's what we're doing right now bro Oh, yeah. And I would tell anybody, like, if you're starting and you want to do something like that, you're going to suck. Dude, I, there's still times where I have people come in and I'm like, I don't know if that was good or not. And then people are like, oh, that was awesome. I'm like, OK, I guess it didn't suck. And maybe that's me being critical uh, of myself in the day. But those first, dude, if I went back and listened to the first 150 episodes or 200, i I'd probably be like, God, I'm so fucking terrible. Um, it'd be, it would be cringy to even like listen to myself and try to compare it today. So it's just like anything in the gym. You guys do the reps, and over time, if you just try to refine the reps, you just get better and better and better, and this is no different.
0: Now, for those that either haven't listened before or are maybe newer to it and just, like, are looking for a couple, you know, of your top episodes uh, to get started with, you know, do you have any numbers in mind that you can kind of direct people
1: to? I mean, it's really, like, what – whatever because it's like it's called my name because i'm not creative um and it says fitness but fuck dude half these episodes aren't even about fitness maybe not half maybe 40 percent aren't uh the one we did with you in 2020 was 2021 is the most listened to episode for sure like yours is the number one i think is it called Beachy Gador, like raw and uncut, maybe? I make up these names, too, by the way. Like that's just,
0: also like, my sex tape, by the way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so if you, if you search the internet, one or two things will pop up. Uh, that's number one. I think uh, Dr. John Berardi from Precision Nutrition, I know his is up there.
0: That's a great um, one.
1: Yeah, towards the top, too. Uh, it really just depends. Honestly, I did one on Sunday with, um, with Mark Kerr for people who follow MMA at all. He obviously was the NCAA Division I national uh, wrestling champion. He beats Randy Couture um, to become the NCAA Division I champion in 92, I believe. He ends up fighting in pride. He ends up fighting in the UFC, wins UFC tournament 13 and 14. Just an amazing story. He, was, he trained as a wrestler at, if you remember the movie Foxcatcher, where Steve Carell plays John DuPont. Jane Tatum's in it, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, Mark Kerr is, like, there in that camp. Just a while. His whole life is just fucking wild. And uh, we just had him on Sunday. So it's like, all we talked about was like UFC fighting, combat sports. Like he's trained with Brock Lesnar. He's hung out with Mike Tyson, like all this wild shit. So I get access to like super cool, fun people now, which is, uh, which is pretty awesome.
0: I love it, man. Actually, I got that one in the queue and I'm going to be, uh, that'll, that'll get me like, I can listen to that over the course of probably, because it's a long one. It's almost three hours. That might like give me five days of walking material.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the same. It's the way I do kind of audio books in the same way. Like some of these, you know, they'll be shorter, they'll be longer, but I'm like that. I could have talked to that dude for six hours. It's like, he's got 8 million stories and that's kind of what it is for me. Selfishly, I just get to access to like unique, smart, cool people. And we can just sit there and, and talk shit. And if it's fun, I just kind of let it run.
0: You know, what's one of my big shortcomings is I am, I guess I'm probably a terrible businessman. If I'm being honest about it, like I just started looking at numbers, Jeremy, uh, last year, I'm 20 years in, um, <laughs> I- I've survived entirely based on my passion, my consistency, and, uh, and, and I guess the natural gifts I have within this space. But, um, you know, you've got these, these, these gifts as well, but you've really taken the financial literacy seriously. Now, for those listening, you know what are again. You have great podcasts on this. This is more of a rapid fire situation. Like, what are what are three to five financial literacy tips for beginners? People that are trying to take control of their their money, their budget, ultimately their life, their future. You know what what were the three or five things that you did or that you recommend to people now?
1: I mean, the first thing, what you value, you guys, is it's how you spend your money and it's how you spend your time. There really is no debate about that. If you look at what you value in your life, it's what you spend your time on and what you spend basically your money doing. And a lot of people get confused and they think they're doing the right things. Yet when you look at the habits, they don't really map to their goals or what you say you want to do. Um, For most people, just general, you have to spend less than you make. I know that sounds like really simplistic, but probably 75% of Americans do not do that. So in giving every dollar like a name, does that make sense? Or like giving every dollar a purpose. So when you get paid, if you get a thousand bucks a week or 5,000 bucks a week or $10,000 a week, it doesn't matter. Every dollar has an assignment and it has a place to go. So whether that's like your mortgage or your car payment or to your retirement, to your bills, you have to know where your money's going. If you don't, you're going to overspend it. It's become too easy nowadays. Like we don't even use paper cash. I mean, I still do, but most people don't. So there's no pain pathway in your brain. When you swipe a credit card, they give you the stuff and they give you the card back. There's not really an exchange of goods. So your brain doesn't really map to it. So it's way too easy to just click and buy, click and buy, click and buy. And you got to get out of control. It's the same way people wander into being overweight, the same way people wander into being into debt. Those are the easy ones off the bat. And for most people, again, I understand how to leverage, you know, good debt versus bad debt. I understand all that for most people having less overhead in your life is going to be easier for you in the long run. And if you can own some assets that appreciate with inflation, like real estate, it's probably your best bet. If you look at most millionaires uh, and how they got there, it, it tends to be through real estate. And so, most of the things that you're going to buy are going to go up over time, short of it being like a trailer or something. So, if you can own your house, um, I think it's ideal. It's, it's a fixed place for you to live. And again, if you can own multiple pieces of property, awesome. But if you're never, you know, if that's not a goal or you don't want to be a landlord, I go, that's fine too. If nothing else, save at least 15% of your income, like towards your retirement. I don't think that's enough, but I would start there, you know, once all your debt is paid. But first and foremost, I would tell people if you have a mortgage, that's fine. All the other debt you have, if it's a car payment, if it's student loans, if it's credit card debt, if you can like get rid of that shit, the sooner the better, because you're paying American Express, you're paying B and W or you're paying Sally May. You want to start paying yourself. So stop paying someone else interest and start paying yourself interest And if you do that for two decades, it'll completely change your financial life.
0: Dude, I love it, man. I love it. And again, you, you got to check out his episodes on money at his own podcast. Lots of great stuff there. You've also had some good guests on the topic as well. Now, your beautiful wife, Heather, uh, is involved in sales with Weston Hotel Resort Groups but she also is an integral part of your gym and and the podcast itself. A lot of great episodes with you and her together. You guys have obviously great rapport, uh, a lot of fun, uh, you know, husband and wife bickering. You sound like an old couple, even though you're probably the hottest couple in Scottsdale. Uh, You know, what what are, what are, what are some tips on working with your wife? You know, me, I, I, I've been, my wife and I have have been in business together uh, since jump street as well. It's, it's, it's not easy. Uh, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it can take a toll on the relationship. You know, what What are some tips for people that are, uh, you know, trying to do, uh, you know, business with, with not necessarily even your, just your wife, but also family? It can get complicated.
1: Yeah. You know, there's certain things like if it was if she only worked in this business, I don't think it would work. She is actually in Los Angeles today. She just flew out this morning. She has her own, you know, corporate career. And I think she would always need that because she's the type of person if she had a, if someone asked her what she did and she had to say she worked for Jeremy Scott Fitness, I think she would fucking have a heart attack. So she has her own, you know, her own stigma um, with that. But uh, there's certain things we do in the business together and there's certain things we don't. It's kind of the reason like we don't like work out together because you're still married after the workout. And if you're training with me, like I could give a shit if you have a problem. And so I don't want to hear it. And so I'm not as nice of a human, but if we're at home and she has a problem, like I do want to hear it. So we pick our spots and I don't, I just always, I frame it this way with everything. I'm like, Hey, if you want to be on the podcast, Heather, I'm happy to have you on. Just give me the dates and the times and let's do that. Or Hey, would you like to these days? Like I, I make it as flexible for her um, as possible because again, I kind of give her shit and she gives me shit all the time. That's why this works. So we just basically ride each other all the time. I'm like, you know, you wouldn't have anything without me. And then she's like, well, yeah, but you wouldn't be shit without me. And so we kind of go back and forth with it. But make no mistake, like none of this would exist if if she wasn't around. Like this, none of this ever would have happened. Um, My entire existence in this entrepreneur world, I don't know how it would even have been possible. Not from the fact that she's been filming me, you know, do this shit for, like 15 years at this point but she's like the number one fan like my first groups of people i would train here would be her and some girlfriends in a park my first real group training somebody like in her old facility was her three people from marriott so like no clients of my own really like she has been you know my ride or die since day one so uh we have our moments where she doesn't want to do it and so then you have the arguments of like you know can you see the bigger picture and we're all humans but um there's give and take with it for sure And some days you know she has a great day and some days you know i have a bad day and vice versa but we always have this open you know communication dialogue and it's, and a lot of times it's fun and it doesn't feel like work and then sometimes like hey i need you for an hour and a half here so like i don't give a shit what's going on like i'm going to do my stuff i'm going to be as quick and, and as efficient as i can and then we just have this agreement. But we also communicate on our, our goals, both short term and long term, of like what we what we want day to day to look like, but what we ultimately like want the future to look like. And then we joke, you know, hey, someday we'll look back and be like, Hey man, remember when you used to film me, you know, working out half fucking naked and that's how we built this entire life, which it's it's crazy to think, but um she's a huge part of it. And I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. Like we have camera crews and we have video people that we work with and we do a lot of projects with those guys, but it's just way easier when you can have somebody that, you know, knows the assignment and you can fuck up and you can do things and there's no, you know, there's just no professional lines you have to drop. So it's just, it's easier for her and then and how much she does on the back end, just with talking to our clients, both in person and online, it gives her something obviously, but um, it's elevated my business to a level that I, I know it wouldn't be at if she, she wasn't around.
0: It, it's a beautiful thing, man. It really is. And I can relate to it uh, a lot, as you know, though, I, I will never forget when you called her out on, quote unquote, murdering your toilets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, will see, like I'll tell the story real quick. So, Like she like her and I, like we always we always joke like at home because like and again, when you meet her, she's the sweetest, you know, nicest person ever. That's like a public Heather like, Private Heather, she's way more of a gangster uh, than that. She just doesn't... I, my stuff's on Front Street. What you see is what you fucking get. And uh, we would joke at home, I'm like, do people really talk like us? Because it's like, you know, like when you're a dude and you have friends when you're younger, it's like the meaner you are to your friends, like the more you love them. I basically, my wife and I basically do that at home, which is gnarly. And so on this podcast, like, she was talking shit about me um, for something. And I think it was like, she's like, yeah, but you go to the bathroom, and you leave like streaks in the toilet bowl. And then I like, that bothered me. So I'm like, yeah, but like you actually clogged the toilet. Like, and I love my wife. But so like, I've never clogged the toilet at her house. My wife has clogged the toilet 10 times. And uh, I've had to learn how to use like a professional auger. Now I'm crushing her again on this episode. But uh, I said that on the episode and she was not, uh, she was not a fan of that. But that's like, dude, it's what you do here. Like, you know, at uh, at our house, it's like, you got to have thick skin, man, for sure.
0: Well, don't worry. No one listens to this podcast. So uh, your secret's safe with us. The, uh you know, uh, one thing in, in, in all seriousness, you know, I've been with my wife since sophomore year in college Um together. Obviously, we got married uh, some some years later, but it, it's all built in loyalty and trust, man. You know, like and you t- we talked about financial decisions like just don't get divorced. You know what I mean? Like just don't get divorced, you know, be, be very be very careful in who you choose to partner with in life. And uh, it's just great to see you both uh, with each other because it, it, it's whether you go with destiny or whatever, whatever you believe in, it's it's a beautiful thing. And I, I feel the same way with my wife. And I, I know that to get, to get there as you have to this point in life together, her believing in your, your shitty business in the beginning, that was just trash. I, I was... Same thing, bro. Like, this wasn't a thing. This wasn't even... In the realm of possibility and you can never forget that so uh kind of closing out here uh before we get to like you know where to find you what's coming in the future here content projects podcast episodes etc uh what what are you watching listening to right now
1: uh as you guys can imagine i don't have a ton of free time uh to watch a lot of shit but i did um i did see john wick four which was awesome by the way okay um i did we watched the mario brothers movie which actually for if you like ever played mario brothers it's actually pretty good but i had a client um mention me this like 50 times and so don't spoil it for me i'm only i think we're four we started watching succession the other day um, oh
0: dude honestly man like i'm putting that up with uh breaking bad slash better call saul and you know To me, it's it's on the Mount Rushmore, because we we had just finished, you know, it it concluded uh, season four uh, about a month ago, and and I I had to immediately rewatch the whole series. I'm back now through on season four. Obviously, I don't work as hard as you do, because that's a lot of fucking TV, but I'll probably do a podcast on it, because what Jeremy Scott always says, everything is content. But dude, Succession is, it's just so fucking good.
1: Yeah, and, like, four – I think we're on episode four or five, and she's gone until Friday, and I'm not one of those part – like, she'll watch this shit without me, Um, and then, and then we stop being friends for a while. Um, I don't do that with her, so, like, I'll wait until she comes back. But, no, it's – um the same thing, though. The dude I was talking to at the gym, he's like – he said the same – word for word for you, he goes, dude, he goes, dude, I put it right next to Breaking Bad. And I'm like, fuck, it's that good, dude? I'm like – and it's pretty – even Fight Up episodes in, I'm like, this show's pretty... And they all play a great fucking role, too. Like, even, what is his name? Uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother? They're... Oh, dude, he,
0: he is such a ghoul. He's so good in that role. He's just such a slime ball. And yeah. what what was so good about this show is they ended before... Like, they ended early. They could have done a couple more seasons, Um, and they, they left you wanting more, and it ended... It was a perfect ending. It made complete sense... Uh, though you still throughout the whole thing you didn't you didn't know what exactly was going to happen so just it's a real credit to the writers as you know my wife is a writer and uh and also a podcaster and she writes original content and stuff and when when she felt the same way that i did about it it was also a testament because again good writing like the it it ends the way it should but you have no idea what's going to happen throughout the process and uh very rarely will I finish a series and immediately go back and watch it like I did because I'm like, you know, cause it, it really, um, it really needs to be watched in succession. I, I think to appreciate the show, you should do what you're doing now. Like you really should like you should watch an episode a day. I know you won't, you got too much shit on your plate, but um, a lot of the content or the way it's, it actually, in some cases, like one season, the final season is like, it's like seven to 14 days across 10 episodes. So like, it feels like you're going almost day to day with these people. Um, but no, dude, you'll really enjoy it. And uh I'm sure there will be some podcast content coming through it. Uh finishing off here, uh let's tease, you know, uh some some cool content, whether it be podcast episodes, new content at the Jeremy Scott Fitness app, whatever cool stuff you've got in the mix. Like let the people know where they what's coming, where to find it, and all that good stuff.
1: Uh yeah, we got a ton of people coming on the pod. I'm gonna butcher these Guys' names, I got it. Some I got a doctor coming on Friday, but I got a, one of the girls from uh, she actually is a female strength coach. It's is it Nicole? Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up on my computer because if I butcher her name, I want to just fucking hate myself here. But uh, she's a female strength coach, Exos, if you guys know what Exos is, where they train a lot of the uh NFL guys here in the valley. And she's one of the uh, the top strength coaches over there. We're gonna get her on the pod in July, which is it's just crazy to see. Because um, there's not that many females. Natalie uh, Kohler's is her name, and uh, she works with all the all the pro dudes. And it's cool to watch some of the videos where it's like, you know, she's just this tiny little girl working with the the most giant badass humans on the planet. And so for our space, it's rare to see a female uh, in that role commanding a room full of uh, savages, which a pretty badass. So she's coming on um, after that, and obviously we have a ton of people um, lined up this summer. And then, uh, yeah, it's the Jeremy Scott Finch podcast on all the platforms. And then obviously our app, but just do BJ shit. Like, don't come do our stuff. Um, People don't leave anyway. You know that, bro. Um, Well, you know what?
0: Like I said, you know, if you have to balance between us, if you want to do both, if you want to, you know, look, we're we're, we're after the same things. We, you know, we don't have the exact same approach, but, you know, we're all about – Especially at this tender age, man. Longevity. We want we want to help people do great things anytime, anywhere. We want people to have ownership of their fitness, not get you know caught in the trap of trends and gimmicks and scams. And um, you know, you're going to be served well uh, no matter who you go with. And you know, look, man. I people ask me a lot. You know, you know, I'm not a big. I used to network, bro, but I'm not into it as much anymore. Especially since I left Men's Health, and now I'm a total hermit at home um i changed my instagram bio to uh it says stay at home man that's my pronoun (laughs) and uh and it's true but like honestly man like i really we we try to get together uh you know if not semi-annually annually annually, uh quarterly and I, i i look forward to it with great anticipation uh it's you're one of the few people in the world like that that i feel like knows what i'm going through or that understands what i'm talking about or feeling and people ask, you know, who motivates you, man? Like Jeremy Scott. Jeremy Scott is is like, I guess he's the nipsey hustle of fitness. You know what I mean? Like hustle and grind, man. Um, and 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 not in the like, you know, vomity way that you see on social media with a lot of these influencers. Um, you know, like I I really, really uh I mean it when I say like you're one of the few podcasts I listen to. Uh, you're one of the few people that I really respect, like truly, res- I respect people, but like truly respect in this space for not only um, your ability to grow and, but just to stay in the game and find a way to stay connected to the craft. Uh, and by the way, like you truly, um, you know, I, I admire uh, your love and passion for helping people. And I also like the fact that just you keep it simple, man. Like I call this like the weekly BJ podcast and I call it the gifts and gains podcast. I'm like, you know what? It works for Jeremy just to go Jeremy Scott podcast, fitness podcast, whatever you want to say. I'm just going to call the BJ Door podcast. I think in a lot of cases I've made things harder on myself by trying to reinvent the wheel. You've kept things simple and you've just focused on building an incredible foundation. You're a great friend. And I, and I can't recommend the Jeremy Scott fitness app, the Jeremy Scott fitness podcast and just Jeremy Scott in general as a man, a content creator.
1: And uh, also, I I don't know personally, but I believe you to be a generous lover. You know, my wife may disagree depending on the day of the week, but, you know, I do, uh, (laughs) I give give it the old college try. You know, we're all in it for ourselves at the end of the day, but, you know, it is what it is.
0: Guys, you got to check this guy out. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have you back on soon. Uh, You know, not too soon, obviously, but uh, because I know you're busy, but, you know, If you're listening, a five, this is part where I have to like, remind them to do a five-star review. They'll never do it. (laughs) You know, like they'll never do the five-star review. Like you give them hours of content. They're not going to give you the fucking five-star review, but I will ask for the five-star rating and review. Please be sure to subscribe to the episode, uh, this podcast. So you never miss a new one. And we've got lots of guests and good content on the way, man. Thanks, Jeremy. I know you're so busy and uh, it means a lot that you're carving out some time at the end of your busy Wednesday.
1: I appreciate it, brother, as always, anytime.
0: Love you guys. Peace.